1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC.
2: Start. We got Chip Scoggins in here from the Star Tribune. Lou Nanny at 10 o'clock. Chris Long in celebration mode. We'll talk to our buddy, Capitals fan, Roy Smalley, Matthew Collar. And we're going to get to Judd's fraudulence in the
1: opening bell as well. Did you
2: guys know Judd was
1: a raging fraud? I can defend fraud. myself. I can
2: defend a myself.
1: Raging fraud. I can sort of defend myself. Ding. Dude. A little bit. Put a
2: puck along the right-hand side,
1: and for Callahan, a
3: hit at center as Kunitz was hit shoulder-to-shoulder to shoulder by Tom Wilson, a hit on the right side, and now Kuznetsov across to Ovechkin! He scores! He scores! One minute and two seconds into game seven. The great eight has made it one. Nothing. Viva Las Vegas. The Capitals are going to T-Mobile Arena Monday night. Game one of the Stanley Cup Final. This improbable run, this magical spring lives on into the month of June. June unbelievable i was
2: a, a part of me was hoping that tampa bay would have won that game just so we could hear play by play guy freaking out chip have you heard the uh, the tampa bay lightning play by play guy before no i haven't heard him i don't know if dave has any audio in the system we could play but um the, the hockey- radio
1: guy is now now what i'm curious about though is is does tampa bay radio guy when they lose take it as hard as he goes excited when they win he goes like, absolutely like Hawk carlson where he yeah, just goes quiet Ovechkin scores <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I I want to know what his depression was after the yeah. uh, lightning lost that game last night. Um. So so last night,
2: the Washington Capitals took one more step toward. They're, they're sort of the hockey Vikings where they they're good on a regular basis. They never pay it off for their fan base. And to take that premise a step further here, uh, my internet slash Twitter friend Joe Fortenbaugh from the game in San Francisco. He's a radio host in San Francisco. And he tweeted this this morning, gentlemen. Minneapolis St. Paul residents have just become the biggest Vegas fans in the country. If the Caps go on to win the Cup, no American city with representation in all four professional sports, not counting the WNBA, yeah, which yeah. we thump our chest, the WNBA we, we dominate here, but um, but the men's professional sports, will feature a less impressive resume from the past quarter century than Minneapolis St. <laughs> Paul. I got, the, I got the numbers in front of me oh, here. Boy. Oh, goody. So there are among, oh, and I went the last 26 years just to get those, the extra Dallas Cowboys championship in there, go back to 1992. Uh-huh. There are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 cities uh-huh. with NHL, MLB, NFL, and NBA teams the last quarter century. Here are the ring counts. This doesn't even count like getting to the championship game, which never happens here either. Yeah. Boston 10 championships over that stretch. So like once every other year they're, yeah, they're cashing they're, yeah, in a championship. You yeah, got Red Sox, Patriots, Bruins, and Celtics it's all they've all won a championship in the last 26 years. 26. <laughs> Los Angeles. Now Los Angeles has some of these cities have more teams, right? LA and New York, but yeah. LA has eight championships over that stretch. Mostly Lakers. There's an Angels title in there, a couple Kings titles. New York, five Yankees rings, two. Uh, New York Giants rings, and then the, the the Hockey Rangers won a championship in there as well. The Bay Area, six titles over that stretch. Giants with three, Warriors with two, and maybe another one here coming soon. And the 49ers won one in the mid-90s. Chicago, Dallas, Denver, Detroit, and Miami all have five. Miami, by the way, that includes two Marlins championships. <laughs> yeah, congratulations <laughs> to them. <laughs> yeah. uh, Denver, it includes a couple Avalanche championships. Philadelphia has two now With the Phillies Mm -hmm. in 2009 Eagles this past year Phoenix has one With the Diamondbacks in 2001 That leaves Washington, D.C. And Minneapolis, St. Paul As the only goose eggs Over the past 26 years Chew on that
1: for a minute Good morning, folks. Rising Here's what I have a productive want. day at work. Hey, everybody! Can Boston just send us one? Yeah, I know. Like you, you got so many. Can you just KG? Can David you just Ortiz. send
4: us? Can you just send us one? Yeah, we've helped you out. Well, I was telling you guys uh, off the air, but uh, I think it was maybe two years ago or whatever. The Washington Post did a a project um, with all those uh, markets. All those uh, they picked a writer out of each market to write about sports in your in your town and then they the whole thing was based on the drought and how all these other were you the writer that was yeah. Did yeah. you just write
2: red rum on the mirror
4: <laughs> yeah. yeah it was just like i mean it was i went through the whole litany of uh you know wide left, why you know everything that's yeah. um that's gone wrong in in, in Chip this just sends in a photo yeah. of cyanide yeah I, I think my uh i think the the lead was something like 12 men in the huddle. You know, that just just sums up Mm -hmm. sports in this market. And, uh, but yeah, they, and it's like, they put all these together and, and talked, you know, some were like, ah, this, we win championships a lot. What's the, what's the big deal? And then uh, we had 12 men in the huddle. So it was, it was interesting that, you know, that they were thinking the same thing, uh, that they've kind of carried that burden too, of of
1: being sort of Loserville. So a tweet I saw last night, cities with at least three major sports and the longest championship droughts. Number five on the list is uh, Tampa and Detroit, th- their last major championships each coming in 2004. Number four on the list, Phoenix with the Diamondbacks in 2001. N- number three... And the whole 4 is barely a drought. Like yeah. Like 15 yeah.
2: years. Even-
1: number three is the Atlanta-, Atlanta market with the Braves in 1995 when they beat Cleveland for their one World Series title. And they yeah. but that pitching staff probably should have had two oh, or they three should yeah. have championships, right? Yeah. They yeah. went
2: to the playoffs like 15 straight years. Yeah.
1: Number two, Washington, with the Redskins winning the Super Bowl here in 92. Mm-hmm. And us at number one with the Twins in 91. So Washington has us by three months exactly. there. Exactly. Yeah, or or I
2: guess if you flip it around, if we're taking pride in our sports futility, we have Washington <laughs> right, by three yeah. months going back to 1991.
1: So are we rooting for the Caps here? Are we rooting are we rooting for a complete separation here? I think so. Or do we want to keep it close?
4: No, I think you want to hold the, the torch. I think you wanna be <laughs> so, so when it ends, yeah. then it's like you're you know, you've conquered something. You're, you're, <laughs> you're I'm with chip on this. I think what have the, you it, conquered exactly? Yeah, complete we're, futility? I think we're
2: so far down the futility path. Yeah. We might as well take the trophy. Right? <laughs> we might as well correct, we yeah. might as well have that sitting on our mantle. Yep. Until whenever it is. There's a lot think, actually think you know, about that. We got some irons in the fire though. Mike Zimmer got a defense, Kirk Cousins. Think about, always have irons think in about the fire that market
4: fill. though, with that drought yep. going against the market with the expansion franchise. I know. It just uh I don't know if paradox is the right word, but the you know uniqueness <laughs> of yes. uh first year in, hey, this is great versus oh you know, we how many times have we uh
1: I mean how many years have we We've carried? Been back to this. Yeah. I will say that this for us, I don't think anyone can come close. Though, when when you, you look at how we've lost the big games, right? That's yeah. like, does Washington? Do, do they have a? The Capitals couldn't get past the Penguins for quite some time. I get that, but if you're thinking about defining losses yeah. and how we can go through, as you said, yeah, Redskins, twelve been, men in the huddle. Redskins haven't gotten close enough. Yeah,
4: no, I mean, and do they have like those heartbreaking? This, I don't think go. so. I, I don't, Washington, I don't know Washington Nationals know.
2: had a couple, but but never like. I don't think the Nationals ever had, like, an NLCS Game 6 or Game 7 situation. Maybe they did. Maybe I'm missing something. But Washington Redskins, no. As far as, yeah, if, if, if right now, if you're looking, okay, DC, goose egg, MSP goose egg,
1: and the tiebreaker is, okay, how devastating were the routes <laughs> yeah, to get right, to the yeah, goose eggs.
2: That's where the tiebreaker yeah. was. I on.
1: think the Nats blew didn't they have a substantial lead on the Cardinals one year in uh the they might have elimination like a elimination game or something? A, okay. Yeah. But not but I mean we've got we've yeah. got Vikings, we've got uh uh, uh quantity. We've yeah. got Vikings quantity. We've got two thousand nine, we've got ninety eight. We so it's mostly Vikings history though, right? The, well, the yeah, because the, yeah. the rest of our teams don't get they close. Don't get close. Unless
2: you count just twins running into the same Yankees. brick wall year yeah. after That, that you're doesn't the really Yankees. count that, that yeah.
1: much. Chip's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's Vikings futility that separates us. Yeah,
2: Boy, look at us. By the way, we found Dave found some of these Tampa Bay Lightning play-by-play guy yeah, calls yeah, from yeah. earlier in the playoffs. Here they are.
3: Slides across cross-eyes because He's checked by Sorelli. Shoots to turn the up and net. He scores! He scores! <laughs> the Lightning are going to win game four! <laughs> 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 so Take that, LaPanta. Empty netter! 4-2
2: Lightning! This series is going to be tied up! 2-2! Two, two. Like What would have happened that awesome. if, if that game had been closer and, oh, and Tampa Bay lights the lamp in overtime in a game I told seven. you, he
1: would have jumped out of the booth. He, sacrificed he, would, have, himself. he would have jumped to his, to his they death. Get the, they got the manage oh, right behind him. <laughs> this is a big statement win for the
3: Lightning! Big, big, big! 4-2! They win game 3!
1: There will be a game five Saturday at Emily Arena. <laughs> I love the voice. Play that again. Just the voice at the end.
2: There's <laughs> the over
1: modulating. Whoever
2: is the engineer running the board is just like, I give up. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I quit my game. This is a big
3: statement win for the Lightning. Big, big, big. 4 2.
2: They win game three. There will be a game five Saturday at Emily Arena. I love that. Oh, that's cool. the only thing we yeah. missed out on last night. We'll be on game thing.
1: five. Game yeah. five uh, give it up.
2: By the way, the Hockey Whisperer, I almost feel like the Hockey Whisperer needs to recalibrate his his time clock. The Hockey Whisperer on yesterday's show told you the game-winning goal would be scored by Alex Ovechkin. <laughs> yeah. Top shelf. He beat the goalie. He was off by a couple hours. He said overtime. <laughs> Dave, your it thoughts? It happened in the first One minute, minute on the
5: I only speak in hushed tones when it comes to the Whisperer. Right. Oh, I'm sorry about that. that. Whisper. Hockey whisperer. OV top shelf. Bang. Technically, it was a game winner. Just not in overtime. But still, I'll give him half credit.
2: Pretty close. He knows more than Judd does. We know
1: that for sure. OV, OV, OV. Oi, oi, oi. Oh, are you guys done? <laughs> I just wanted to get that in there.
2: Sorry, Jed. Creeping you out, aren't we? <laughs> ding, ding. <laughs> Let's talk about fraudulent Jud here, Chip. So we have yeah. named this the Bat and Barrel. It's going to be a whole new concept, and as our owner continues to look at
5: ways to renovate and continue to make it fresh, this is all part of that equation. Bifolded garage door. On a nice day, we just hit the button, and it opens up, and we're able to have outside on a nice
2: sunny day be all part of this. We're going to put the World Series trophies in here, some other hardware like uh, some gold gloves, some MVP trophies. Bring that destination scenario where people use this as a place to go see those items. All right. Explain yourself.
4: All right.
1: First of all. Wait a second. Wait, wait, wait (laughs) wait a second.
4: When I called you yesterday to discuss a column. Yeah. I knew you were drinking.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
4: I was. Oh, wait, whoa, 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 let's start there. How did you know he was drinking? I can just tell. I, <laughs> me and Jen worked together for five years. Be, yeah. Were you in the Baton Barrel? Here, I you All right. Again. Were you in the Baton Barrel? Full
1: disclosure, I was. <laughs> Full disclosure, I was Baton you fraud. Fraud. Fraudulence. Okay, let me just start out by saying the flesh, and in this case, the palate are weak sometimes. <laughs> All right? I went to Target Field. I went in. It was the 5th. I walked around, and of course, after 7, they close her down, right? Except in the bars. And I thought to myself, I'll just go in bat and barrel. I'll just get one. I'll just have one in bat and barrel. Just one surly hell, that's it. I ended up spending the night, basically. I had to. What is wrong with you? I spent you? the rest of the game in there. And you, Chip's right. He called me and I was at the... Well, Chip could tell because there was a bunch of Saudis like, are you covering the game? Yeah, and, I, I, he, he goes, yeah! and he's like, yeah, oh, you not I covering him. the I called him. I was like, he's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm
4: Target Fair. I was like, are you cranking? He's like, and I could hear,
5: yeah, woo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm cranking all right. <laughs> <laughs> cranking on my ninth story. <laughs> Pat Royce has made it, what, 30-some years without a drink at all? just am- had to have... One specific spot <laughs> yeah. where he didn't drink, and you couldn't even make it two bleeping months. You fraud. You've spent you spent week, week, week fraud. I fell You've apart.
2: You spent three months trashing batten barrel as a concept, swearing that you'll never put <laughs> your I lips on like a pint it. glass. I don't
1: like it. I was like, you loved it.
5: I, I you went back for seconds at eleven dollars a pop.
1: You had two beers. You spent twenty five dollars including tip. I told you the palate is weak. I told you that. It's not my fault. I need bat and barrel treatment now. You should have heard how happy he was when I was on the phone with you. <laughs> <laughs> he was having the time of his life. Oh, it's true. It's true. I was sitting at the bar there. It was post-game, taking it all So what, in. what advice did he give you for your comments? No, we were just bouncing
4: some things off for my Sunday call. And uh, He just had a question. It was very had... simple to answer.
1: I recall the entire <laughs> but I
2: conversation. Tell, I knew
1: he was in a bar. At first, I was like, oh, he's at Target Field. I was like, oh, he's writing. Did he and try then-
2: to make it seem like he wasn't at No, no, I didn't even ask Max I said, I'm, he
1: said, what you do? And I said, I'm hanging out. I didn't give the specifics. <laughs> but I did. T- I, said, I said, I sent both of you guys texts saying what I was doing because I felt it was unfair not to be upfront about the fact that I'd gone in bat and barrel. The self reporting is at least, at least we can, if we had found
2: out like 10 days later because a listener had snapped a photo and sent it to us,
5: there'd be problems here. Oh, least, the the, the, the yeah. self
2: oh, yeah. reporting at least makes it a little
5: bit the better. The self reporting sounds like a cry for help, frankly. It does a little He's bit. He's a shame. My
1: name is Judd, and it's been one day since I've been to Baton Bell. <laughs> <laughs> well, more like 12 hours.
2: <laughs> Man, Chip's hanging out with us. Oh, my goodness. Uh, we've got, there's Bad more meat too, on this NFL way. anthem conversation to get to. Uh, Lou Nanny at 10 o'clock, Roy Smalley, Matthew Collar. We're in the TCL broadcast studios. Mackie and Judd resume things following these
3: messages. I don't want to get any messages. On 1500 ESPN.
5: Attention. Radio
2: alert. Mackie and Judd now continue on 1500 ESPN. All right. Chip Scoggins from the Star Tribune and StarTribune.com is hanging out with us. Fire up his intro music. College football season right around the corner. Uh, Chipper. We saw this yesterday. Dave found opening lines for college football week one. We're like, what are we, three months away still? We've got the Gophers favored by 17 over New Mexico State, even though we don't know who their quarterback is or like who a lot of the starters are. Who does Tennessee play, Dave Harrigan? Who do, who do the Vols, Chipper's Vols, play in week
5: well, one? I'm sure Chipper knows they West open up Virginia.
2: against West Virginia. <laughs> Chips all like, oh. Can't neutral neutral tough site. They're tough playing
5: it in Charlotte at uh, Bank of America. Okay. Oh, that's a at real At least opener. we're not doing
4: the racetrack this year. <laughs> was that Martinsville? Uh, no, it was uh, Bristol? Uh, Bristol. Bristol, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's a tough you know, the, new coach, tough, tough on it, uh, opponent coming up. Let's play guess the line. Vols by 30 or 40? <laughs> well, it's a new coach, so we got to, you know, you, you never know. There's going to be inspiration there. 30 and a half. That half point makes it tough. <laughs> Vols, Vols uh, plus 13. Whoa. Really? Whoa. You're
5: very negative on the Vols. They are a plus. It's Vols plus nine and a half. They are oh, dogs yeah. by nine and a half. Wow. No West faith Virginia. in the
4: Vols, Chipper. Well, I didn't say I was going to bet against them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Make some money. hey, we can bet we'll now, right? Points. Yeah, take those points. <laughs>
2: um, so, all right, let's, let's get into this here for for just a second. We t- we did a couple segments on this yesterday, but now that there's all this reaction from from players and our president, the NFL's decision now, which is official, if you elect to come out for the national anthem and uh, you choose to kneel, then they can punish you, fine you, et cetera, now, now, two different owners have come out. One, the 49ers owner said uh, that he abstained from voting. The Jets owner came out, or was it was at the son of, it's the uh, the son of Woody Johnson, right? Yes. yes. Charles, yeah. 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 And and he said he'll he'll pay the fine of any player that wants to demonstrate during the national anthem. And uh, and here's some reaction from Chris Long, football player Chris Long, not Five Eyewitness News Chris Long. Although we'll hear from him later in the show too. He tweeted this out. This is. Fear of a diminished bottom line. It's also fear of a president turning his base against a corporation. This is not patriotism. Don't get it confused. These owners don't love America more than the players demonstrating and taking real action to improve America. It also lets you, the fan, know where the league stands. I will continue to be committed to effecting change with my platform. I'm someone who's always looked at the anthem as a declaration of ideals, including the right to peaceful protest. Our league continues to fall short on this issue. How do you guys feel about the NFL attempting to silence people in 2018, which doesn't seem like a viable strategy?
4: Yeah, the thing that, that amazed me when I came out was, was at the end of last season, was anybody even talking about kneeling? It was almost a non-issue. Yes, it, it had very little traction. There was only a handful of guys doing it. No one was talking about it. Now, obviously, it was a big deal early in the year. It had a lot of tension. But by the end of the year... I don't even think it was on anybody's radar that, that a couple guys around the league were doing it. It'll
2: be it's on more radars now absolutely. than it's ever been. and There will be more demonstrations
4: now than there have ever been. I think that the league looked at TV ratings being down, which could be a number of factors. I'm sure that probably contributed to some, but it might just be people aren't watching TV as much mm-hmm. or they're getting, um, uh, you know, maybe the bubble burst and it was eventually going to come down at some point, anyways. Or red zone. Yeah. Um, to me, this was strictly a business decision, and I, and and I go back to. For people who haven't been to a Vikings game at, at um, at one point in the first quarter, sometime during the game, uh, they do an on-field interview. Uh, Greg Coleman does an on-field interview with with a former player and just kind of softball questions and, you know, um, catching up with them. And it's and it's, you know it's on the big screen and everybody's listening. So they had Matt Burke at um, at the end of last year and. And Greg says, "You know, you're you've worked in the NFL office. You're commissioner for a day. What two things you would do?" And Matt Burke said, "Well, I'd I'd eliminate uh, holding on offense alignment. Ha ha ha! And number two, I'd make every player stand for the anthem. And that place went nuts. It was louder than Randy Moss blowing the gallahorn. It was. Yep. There was no ambiguity about how that stadium felt about that."
2: Which is funny because Matt Burke turned down an invitation to the White House in protest of, uh, I believe it was uh, an abortion topic of some kind. I can't remember what,
4: but I'm just telling you, it was overwhelming. And I think owners looked at that, even though it wasn't even an issue at the end of last season, but they looked at it and said, oh, we may lose some money, we better do something. And so, and they caved and it's, they've made an issue that wasn't a problem, I don't think. By and large, I mean, you may have turned off some fans, but I don't think people were even talking about it anymore. Now, all of a sudden, you have, it's going to be a big issue this year.
1: Chris Long is a thousand percent right. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is all about, this is all about a bunch of, a bunch of rich white guys who sort of panicked and said, we can't have this. Let's do something about this. But to Chip's point, if you want this to go away... Don't you privately go to the players association and say, let's work together. I mean, they, and which is weird because in some ways with do- donations and things, they have, mm-hmm. but then to make this a complete spectacle now is ridiculous. And now essentially what they're saying to, to any star player who wants to be heard is we dare you. We dare, we dare you to come out on our damn field and kneel. And yeah. guess what's going to happen? Then, they're going they're, to. They're, they're going to do that. There's out of doubt. And, There's going to be more now but, than there were at but the NLSEs. But to me, the the headline here, the big picture thing is this. This just continues the fact that a group of men who play the most dangerous sport that you can possibly play when it comes to, to their representation and their the P.A., are abused at every turn and that's that's been true for a long time but the fact that these guys the fact that the owners didn't go to the players association and vet this through is the latest sign that i think in 2020 when the cba comes up chip you've got to do something yeah i don't know they will but i think not they'll
4: strike because i think there's always going to be you know a faction that cracks because they just don't when you have that that kind of disparity in money it's easy for the guys that make 10 million dollars to say be strong hold out Versus the guys who aren't. But, you know, this whole issue, excuse me, it just reflects our society. Everybody's screaming two different things and no one's listening. The the intention of this, uh, of their protest was not about the flag. It wasn't about patriotism. But there are people that just view the flag as, you know, this symbol that you don't disrespect it. And everybody's shouting and no one's even trying to understand the other side and mm-hmm. so you just it's like a battle line i mean it's just we're here you're there we're not gonna even listen to what you're saying and so and it's a lot of that is you see that in our society and so i think the message was getting lost mm-hmm. it's, and some people were just weren't even listening i mean, I don't think it was ever intended to it, it wasn't intended to say i'm anti-american I'm no, it's, just, it's, it's no different than but if, people if, viewed it that and they're not going to change they're it, not going to
2: listen correct it's no different than okay if if you've seen protesters on the front lawn of the white house or just outside the the gate of the white house they're not protesting they're not protesting brick roads they're not yep. protesting like people get so hung up on the mechanism mm-hmm. well why are you protesting the flag when you're when you want to talk about police brutality go to a police station it's like no the, the the entry point for a protest is to get people's attention and and i i fired off a tweet storm this morning and i looked at a couple at replies but it's you know every time you Every time you dive into this conversation, it's divisive. And so all of us understand that the NFL has a right to, through the collective bargaining agreement, they have, they have a right to say, you guys, you, we will tell you what to do and we can find you because you are signing up essentially to work for an entity, a corporation. Yeah. C- correct. So there's no ambiguity. No, no one is saying the NFL doesn't have the right to do this. I just think it's a scary precedent. I think in a lot of ways, it is an attack on our First Amendment rights, and and I told this to Judd yesterday. This entire conflict stems from the NFL trying to appease, in my mind, underinformed fans who misinterpret what patriotism is. I went up, I went just for fun, looked up a definition of the word patriotism to just. Am I, am I the one that's crazy here? So I, I'm going to go look up a, the definition of patriotism. Patriotism isn't bowing down to a flag under any and all circumstances. It's not about mandating. Patriotism, by definition, is loyalty and love for one's country. Loyalty and love for one's country. The First Amendment of our country's constitution, if if this is about loyalty and love for your country, the First Amendment protects the freedom, among other things, to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances, or put differently, The right to kneel during the National Anthem. I understand the NFL also has a right to say, not on our canvas, Mm -hmm. go do it on your own time. I just think when you have millions of Americans and NFL players are representing these millions of Americans, when you have millions of Americans saying, hey, we have a problem here and we'd like to start a discussion of some kind, to me, it's decidedly un-American to turn to those people and respond
4: with, fall in line. Just just fall in line and shut up. But you're you're putting reason in here in an emotional uh, conversation where some people just look at the flag and a lot of it's uh, come from military. My, my father served. Trimper, now, I'm I, I stand I'm wearing, for. I'm yeah. wearing a dog tag from yeah. world war II around my neck right now, every day. My grandpa fought in world war two. Yeah. And, well, I and, mean, it's, And but, but to some people, it's just, you do not do anything to disrespect the flag. And I thought, you know, we talked to, I was out of Vikings yesterday, and I and I thought Brian Robinson had a, the perfect quote. He's like, I will always stand for a flag. It means something to me. I, I love our military. I love this country. I'm going to stand for a flag. But I also understand soldiers fought for the freedom for expression and for freedom of speech, and people have that right to be able to protest if they want, and I'll respect that. I won't do it, but I'll respect the person has that right. And I thought, you know, that's the reason— Reasonable response. And that's that's sort of how I look at it, too. It's like, I always stand for the flag right? because it's just mm-hmm. how I feel. But I understand, you know, if somebody wants to protest, that's their right. But, like, what's more disrespectful, kneeling during
2: the national anthem or making a bunch of noise in the concourse and walking around... Buying beers. beer and pretzels, but the, you know, like, and but, and not the, like but, but like, that's not disrespectful at all, right? It's it's so but hypocritical. The, but
1: the important thing about what's taken place in the past two days is the motive and the why businessmen are doing this, and they're doing this because they are saying, "What can we? How can we take?" Uh, uh, Charlie wants to stand for the, the flag, and he's he's going gonna buy tickets if you stand for the if you stand for the anthem, but if you don't, he's not going to. And so we want him. We don't really care what he thinks because they don't care. The NFL doesn't give a damn. The all you have to do, all you have to do is look at one thing, Ray Rice. Mm. That's all you have to do. This, this is the most insincere, greedy, potentially bad group of people that you can get together. They want mm. your money. They, they don't yeah. They don't care about the flag. They don't care about the country. They don't care. They don't care about their employees, to a large degree. I'm not saying all teams don't, but if you you look at what uh, transpired in Washington with the uh, with the situation there recently, if you look at the Ray Rice thing, which was going to be swept underneath the carpet, if you look at the concussions, what this league cares about the most is how can we get our hands on your cash? Yeah, you don't hurt the shield, and you, it's just being
4: beyond naive if you think they put this in for Patriots. Yes. They put it in for business. Pure. Ins- I mean, anyone that doesn't see that is has their head in the sand. I mean, they did it because ratings went down, because they heard from sponsors, because they've heard from fans that said, I'm not going to watch this product if you're not going to stand. And they and they buckled. Also, it, and I go back to, they, it wasn't even an issue at the end of the last season. Nobody was talking about it. Right. And it was this panic. Also, for, forced
2: patriotism, we went, we went into this yesterday, too. It, forced patriotism is really just nationalism. You know, the, it, it's... It's amazing how backwards some of this stuff is. and Not to mention, too, the NFL's relationship with the military over the years, I don't know where it stands right now, but I know that like five years ago for sure, I, there's a figure that came out that the NFL took $5.4 million in, in taxpayer money that was paid out to half the teams between 2011 and 2014 to honor service members during games and put on elaborate patriotic salutes to the military. And that wasn't disclosed to the 70,000 people in the audience that, hey, you know, not that you wouldn't stand anyways and salute the military. I'm not saying that, but it, it's a it was a marketing relationship. Than, yeah, a marketing. And, they, and they didn't disclose it to the fans.
4: Yeah, so. it's, it's totally a market. I mean, people think that they do that out of the goodness of their heart. No. No, it's this no, 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 this no. Is all they about, don't do anything out of the goodness This is of their all
1: heart. about how can we get your your business, and if we can't, we'll change to get it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 651-646-8255, 1500 Lou Nanny at the top of the hour. Ron, we'll get your phone call first. And anyone else who wants to chime in, TCL Broadcast Studios, Chip's hanging out. Hang on. Mackie and Judd will return shortly Hurry up. on 1500
3: ESPN. Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad.
2: You know, it's, it's just like his own reality
3: show. Mackie and Judd. I love it. On 1500 ESPN.
2: All right, Mackie and Judd, we're hanging out with our friend Chip Scoggins from the Star Tribune and StarTribune.com. Uh, at some point, we can get your thoughts on a couple other things. You and I were talking about LeBron off the air. Yeah. End theories about what happened last night, but we got a couple calls here on this NFL anthem issue. Um, let's run a couple, and then we can sprinkle in more of our thoughts here. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Mark, you're on the show. Go ahead. Hey, guys.
3: Um, I was uh, trying to give you guys a call at the end of the show yesterday, but I knew you guys were up against the clock, and I'm actually kind of glad I called today, because um, last night I watched a video um, in regards to... Uh, Sterling Brown, he was a rookie guard for the Milwaukee Bucks, and he had an incident back in January um, with Milwaukee police about being uh, parked in a handicapped spot and um, basically ended up where he was tased. So, yeah, I don't know if you guys have seen that video. But yeah, yeah, we have. If I, were the, if I were the Players Association, I would take that video, you know, put it right in front of the owners' faces and say, if you watch this and you aren't disturbed by this, then you completely do not understand why this protest is occurring.
1: Exactly. That's, yeah. I don't, I, Mark, I think the problem is this. I don't think they care that much. I think what they care about is are people tuning out because of, of the protests? So I, I don't think what, what we have here is a sympathetic ear. I think what, what we have is a panic to my business and bottom line are being affected. So ideal, ideally, they would say, Okay, what's the why here? Oh yeah. yes, okay. That, that's a very, that's a very, that's a great point. But it's not. This is uh, what can we do to make this go, go away as quickly as possible? But to chip's point, this is so tone deaf because now this brings it back up. Yeah. L- like if you were to, if they were to have privately, Chip brought this to you and said, "Here's what we're thinking." You would have told them you're crazy. Did well, you? Yeah, did you? The fifteen-year s-
2: penalty thing. Yeah. was, that was the crazy. everything the they, most, yeah. they thought about was that, nuts.
4: That, that sort of felt like a trial balloon to put that out there and see what the reaction. It- Clearly, they should have they, used they, this they, one as a travel loan too. Well, did you mm-hmm. see the? Did you see the? Uh, and I don't, you know, want to turn this too much political, but I, I saw a video today where uh, Trump was on with somebody, and they asked him about it, and he said they shouldn't be in a locker room; they should stand, and you know, maybe they shouldn't even be in the country if they're not going to stand. It's like
2: that's a, that is a direct shot fired at the First Amendment it, of our Constitution, and
4: it's like I go back to somehow this has got turned into being un-American, not patriot. uh patriotic, hating the flag. And it's like, that was, you know, nobody's listening to each yeah. other. It's it's like one side thinks this, one side thinks this, and, no, and they're not even going to listen.
2: I'm going to give you two scenarios right now. You tell me which one is the most un-American. Scenario one, kneeling during the national anthem in peaceful protest. Scenario two, wearing an American flag bandana or t-shirt. Because scenario two according to the American flag code is a violation of that code. The flag should never be used as wearing apparel, bedding, or drapery. It should never be festooned, drawn back, nor up in folds, but always allowed to fall free. So basically, every, see if it, you're yeah. wearing a, a football jersey with American numbers, or if you're wearing any sort of American flag apparel, and let's be honest, we all have, we all do. Yeah. I'm just saying that that is decidedly more un-American, or more disrespectful to the flag than what these black football players are doing on Sundays. And it bother, I think it just bothers me that we're catering to fans who don't understand that or are unwilling to at least be open-minded enough to have a discussion.
4: Yeah, I guess the thing that bugs me is that it, somehow this has got turned into anti-military or anti- and it's, I, it's just the rhetoric in this country. Everybody's so angry, and there's such a divide in this country that starting at the top. Yeah, and it's just, you know, it, no one's. There's no empathy, no uh, real dialogue where people are, might say, "You know what? I didn't think about it that way." Or, "Okay, I understand what you're coming from." There's none of that. It's just like hard. You know, you're un-American. Yeah.
1: Get out there and stand. But, you know, it's just like what. But what frustrates me here is there is there is a solution here. And if the National Football League people went to school on on what the NBA has done, this is not a problem. Sit down with the Players Association. Ask what they want. Ask how you can help. Ask how you can work together. And by the way, issue a joint statement. But I mean, the NBA has long had a rule that you have to stand for the the anthem because it goes back to being afraid the guy's we're going to be stretching and things dur- during it. But when this all came up again, they went back to the players and said, okay, how can we help you, though? What what can we do? We need you to adhere to our rules, and you will, but what can we do to work w- with you? Guess what? No problem. Let, and let's assume
4: that nothing had happened, none of this came up. Started next year, 10 players kneeled. and I, I don't know what the total number was back at the end of the last year, but I would be willing to bet it wasn't more than that. I think there, there were some
2: times where it, like. A couple on average from each team. I mean, there might have been 40 or, but you're right. If, by the end if, of the year. If
4: that happened, what would have been, how much attention would that have gotten next year if this would have happened? Not much. Very sort of, little. It sort of died down. Very little. And the players still would have you know, to them, it meant something. And it, they still would have had that opportunity. And I just don't think it would have, it would have drawn that much attention. And now you've made, you've thrown a Molotov cocktail in the middle of this thing unnecessarily, I think.
2: Yeah. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Hey, Roderick.
4: Hey,
6: um, I agree with Judd that the owners don't really care about the issue behind it. It's strictly a business proposition, and so from a business standpoint, I think what the players have to do is use the power that they have, and the power resides with the quarterbacks. So I think what the players should do is all of the top forty-eight quarterbacks, the starters and the backups, should protest the next collective bargaining by sitting out, because the quarterbacks are the ones that's most indispensable. As you guys have discussed in the past, it's hard to find 32 quality starting QBs in the league. So if you take all 32 starters, plus the half of the backups, and they sit out, then the owners are going to listen because they realize they can't win this game with the offense being the emphasis. They can't win this game without quality QB play. I'm reminded of like 25 years ago, this may be be before your time, Phil, but Judge, you remember about 25 years ago when the Dallas Cowboys were running the league and they had Troy Aikman and they had Emmitt Smith and they had Michael Irvin. Emmitt Smith decided to protest because he wanted, decided to sit out, I'm sorry, because he wanted a new contract. And Jerry Jones was not having it. So Emmitt Smith missed preseason. He missed like OTAs and then he missed the first two games of the regular season. And the Cowboys lost those first two games. And after they lost that, Jerry Jones realized, I need Emmitt Smith. So screw whatever. Issues might be the case. I need to give him a new contract, and David Smith got a new contract because he was valuable at that time. The quarterbacks are valuable. So the quarterbacks should take one for the team, the team being the NFL Players Association, and say, you know what? Until we get what we want, we're not playing. All the other guys who don't have $10 million guaranteed, who can't afford to miss a game or two because they need the checks, all of them can play. All of them can practice. But we are valuable. The quarterbacks are valuable. So Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees and all the top quarterbacks plus some, should all sit out until the NFL Players Association can get what they want because that is a business decision. And since the business is coming first, the only power the players have are the QBs who are valuable.
2: Yeah, and, and Roderick, and thanks for the phone call. That's also assuming that quarterbacks want to link arms together and say for whatever cause, whether yeah. it's for the National Anthem that we're talking about or for guaranteed contracts, that they would all be on the same page and say, sure, we'll take that bullet for the team yeah. and, and sit out. Uh, Mike's been on hold. You're on with Mackie and Judd and Schiff. Hey, Mike.
0: Hi, guys. Uh, see, I agree also. I think they are all the owners in there for what well, they're going to do whatever for the best of the league and their teams. I guess what I get troubled by is the way people keep misreading uh, the First Amendment. And this happens all the time. The uh, First Amendment simply states that you have the freedom to say whatever you want free of government suppression. It doesn't mean you have an inalienable right to be employed by the NFL if you choose to do a protest.
2: I don't think anyone's disputing that, Mike.
0: Well, I hear a lot. Of, I, okay, I've heard a lot of feedback about how we talk about the freedom of speech. It's not much different when you think about it. If you had a player in the locker room who started spewing racial epithets, which was detrimental to the team and the players, and they decided, yes, you have the freedom to do that, but you don't get to play on our team. I just want to make the, keep this because I hear about the freedom of speech uh, keeps brought up, and that I don't think uh, people certainly have the freedom to do that. That doesn't necessarily mean that they, if if um, if Kaepernick is suing the NFL because he's not being employed, uh, they don't have necessarily an obligation to to do it because he he did that. You Listen,
2: know? here's the thing. Thank you, Mike. I think no one's disputing the fact that the NFL, the NFL absolutely has the right based on their. It, it's a private entity and it's, it's they have a collectively bargained agreement with the players. They can tell the players, y'all have to wear pink socks on the field right now during warm-ups, like starting mm-hmm. now. like If they wanted to do that, they could say For that. A company, Correct, right 100%. Well. No one is disputing that. I think we're disputing the precedent that it sets, number one, and just the notion that in a country that was founded in the 1700s based on disagreements with the british call it government that uprising is part of this country's fabric and it feels like we keep inching down this path of putting our thumb on on groups that rise up and have a problem well, with the status quo and i think we have to be really careful about drawing those lines it's yeah, a bad I, precedent to set
4: yeah i hear that a lot too that that you know if i went in and did something that was against my company's rules they could fire me and they have every right to and, and understand that. I think it's more about a partnership and understanding. There's a lack of,
1: of common sense here. Yeah, yeah. They didn't use correct. common sense. That's I mean, this is not they they also they also find you on a weekly basis if your socks aren't pulled up high enough or if they're too low. OK, so they can find you for what they want. But Chip's right. A week ago, this was a non story. This was a complete non-story, and these guys have now put it back in headlines, A1 of every newspaper in this country, and the question is why? Yeah, What are you thinking? What are you doing? And that, to me, and plus, I always come back to this. The owners are in the most successful league in this country, and they push their employees around at every single turn, and somebody eventually has to say, this just ain't right. This is just not right.
2: Yeah, let's let's take a break here. Yep, come okay. back. Chip's hanging out with us, We're up against the clock. Here, it's been it's been good discussion. I, I I just wish that there was more discussion instead of shouting back and forth past each other, which Chip brought up early in the show. Lou Annie in about fifteen minutes too. Hang on, Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Well, you
3: don't really have a choice
2: on fifteen hundred
3: ESPN. This is where the magic starts. Mackie and Judd now continue.
5: Showtime
3: on fifteen hundred ESPN.
5: Right now on the 1500 ESPN Stream Player, you'll find a $15 Caribou Coffee gift card thanks to Luther Brookdale Toyota Shop or Mackie Shops. Head to 1500ASPN.com, click on the Stream Player to find out how you can win. All right, we got a few more minutes with Chip here. Well, you didn't think you'd walk into
2: this th- today, did you? Ooh. Well, I mean, yesterday you probably figured that you were going to walk yeah. into this when yes. all this news came down. Let's take one more call and then we can... Get on to a couple other things here. Michael's been on hold. Hey, Michael, go ahead.
3: Hey, guys, how are you doing today? Good, good man. Hey, a couple of things. Um, first, I agree it was stupid for them to wade back into this. But, you know, we talk about where you guys talked about America being founded on uprising, but then you belittle the, quote unquote, underinformed fans who were uprising because they interpreted it in a certain way. Now, the weakness of the protest itself. Is the fact that because the flag means so many different things to so many different people, that it can be interpreted negatively to those who lost people in war, mm-hmm. lost people serving that country. So to call them underinformed is belittling their protest. But and it, I believe I believe it just starts this circle of.
2: But Michael, uh, if you just real quick, if you, I think we all know at this point, NFL players aren't the the intention behind the protest isn't to disrespect the military. Inten- in- the inten- intention intention matters here.
3: Intention does matter, but perception also matters.
2: Inten- intention really- matters more than
3: perception. Come no, on. It, actually it doesn't, because they're using their bully pulpit, their forum, that's provided on the backs of people that watch the TV, that buy the tickets. They're using that forum that's provided by the people that are watching to... and. In the end, insulting some of those very same people. So, while intention matters, perception
4: matters. And, and To what Michael saying? Execution matters. In this case, in it's cliche, but it's one hundred percent true. That's perception simple. has become reality. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Michael. Perception has yeah. He's right. Perception has become reality. But, but this is but this is where I would. I don't think, and I and I stand
2: by that phrase. There are a lot of underinformed people outraged, shaking their fist at a cloud. If if you're a fan and you still think black players have some sort of anti-military movement going for the last two years, it's also your responsibility as a citizen, as a human, to just ask why. Be curious. Mm -hmm. Don't just get blindly offended. Listen to someone's message. Now, on the other side, absolutely. Colin Kaepernick, Judd and I got into this yesterday. Colin Kaepernick's message was clouded when he started wearing apparel that was distracting from... The discussion at hand but so the,
1: the billionaire owners if they asked why if they cared could at least if not solved it have moved a discussion along they're choosing not to they are so so let's let's exonerate the fans completely the fans are, are the fans they love their sport that that's great but let's exonerate them completely then it is up to the billionaire owners owners to help out the cause by saying, let's sit down, let's explain, let's talk. They're the ones who are saying, you're playing but by our rules, And and they are doing the thing, and I'm not even a parent, but any parent knows you don't do. You don't tell your kid, you're not going to do this without any explanation, because you know what the kid's going to do? The kid's going to try and this do. This has it. been but here's parenting, parenting it, advice by Judd but, but no, I'm serious. I mean, saying you can stay, you saying that you can stay home, you can stay in the locker room, and we're not going to explain it. We don't care. We don't care if you're going to protest. You're not com- not coming out is tantamount to a dare to a kid. But you mentioned it from the
4: top down. Do you think the president's going to listen to that rationale?
1: No, the president's happy now.
4: This is what I mean. He came out full force on it, mm-hmm. and then that kind of started the whole this whole momentum behind this
1: and. Let me just say that took their cues from that. I would hope and this is proving not to, to be the case. I would hope that right now with with the way that the country up, operates, that a lot of very rich and supposedly smart people operate in a manner that is very separate of what the president is doing. And unfortunately, in this case, they're not.
2: Also, if, if, if we're talking about perception too, like intention versus perception, I, under, I understand that the intention of NFL owners isn't to say to black people who are beneath them, shut up. Put my thumb on them. So let's talk about intention and perception. But the perception for me right now, and a lot of other Americans, is rich white people are putting their thumb on black people who aren't well poor, but who are
4: beneath them in a pecking order. The, the owner's intentions, I think, crystal clear. It's about money. It's business. That's correct. This is affecting their their bottom line. Yep. That is their intention. Yeah.
2: Uh Can we like for two minutes talk yeah. about something else? <laughs> That's right. Chip yeah. and I before the show were talking about LeBron. Here is my theory on LeBron and the and the Cavs. I think. For them to win any of these games, he has to go Hercules mode, and I think he knows he can't go Hercules mode all seven games with only one day in between games. Last night felt like a game where he said, you know what, they're going to come out guns blazing. Let's, I'm not going to give them game five, but I'm not going to be able to go all in here. I'll save it for game six and game seven.
4: Yeah, you hope, because he looked tired. I thought he looked pretty tired last night and, and, and you know, as superhuman as he is, uh, eventually carrying that many that team in mm-hmm. in the high stress against a quality opponent with really good defense, uh, you would think that you would wear down. Now, maybe he has two just ridiculous performances in him, him in him left. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we'll find out in Game Six if he was tired or if he was if he was conserving. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty amazing what he's done considering the supporting cast he has around him. I mean, it's just. There's not much there. It's the SNL skit. It really is.
1: Last thing, define tweak. Major trades.
4: <laughs> Major trades coming. Paul,
1: Paul Fenton, I define tweak as a massive shakeup.
4: Yeah. That would be great when he makes this just blockbuster trade. First thing he says, yeah, made a tweak.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. We tweaked both of the first two lines. It's crazy. <laughs> That's right. Uh, good stuff, <laughs> Chip. Right, right, we'll thanks to catch time. up next yep. week. Chip Skoggin, Star Tribune and StarTribune.com. Lou Nanny, speak of the devil. We'll talk some Paul Fenton and some uh, Vegas Caps when we come back. Roy Smalley later on, and Matthew Collar as well. Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Sit tight. The
3: Mackie and Judd show will continue in a moment. Bother this suspense. This is, this is <laughs> a beds. cliffhanger. Mackie and Judd. Cliffhanger. On 1500 ESPN.